Isabella James, and I'm here with Connor. Take it, Bay. All right, I'm Bay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> My name's Michelle Pulaski, and I'm from the Lemmy Nation. Yay Podcast stands for Young and Indigenous, and that's who we are. We are doing this for our community members. We are trying to build bridges by bringing people together to share their concerns, stories, love, ideas, and more. But it is also for those people who are outside of our community who would like to learn more about us as Indigenous people from our podcast episodes. speaker stands in one spot. You butter a toast, you don't pile your butter on one corner. <laughs> that's a good that's a good proverb, right? Yeah. You butter your toast, you don't plop your plop your butter in a corner. I'm gonna butter I'm gonna butter the people's mind and and if they take it in their mind it's gonna melt into their heart. If it's a bitter taste, well it's too bad. Once you share a song, it belongs to everybody. And songs were meant to heal. 
Squamish. Couching. Centrosity. The older one said, it's a prayer song. And it's within your heart if you're going to use it. And if you share it, you're giving it out anyway. And it's up to the individual to keep it. I just said, um, really truly from my heart to be with you and that your work that you're doing is really good. And my Indian name is um, Umegalis, and I carry um, that name from my mom's maternal great-grandmother and my English name, Cynthia Wilson, from Lummi. And since I got my master's degree, I was put in a cubicle working on curriculum for language, and I really enjoy it. It took me a couple of years to fathom the idea that I wasn't in the classroom anymore. But um, it gives me a better opportunity to concentrate on the language and work with teachers that are... I'm working with Indian students in Bellingham and now I get to work in Ferndale, so I'm really excited. I think, um, you know, you look back on the days when the people were taken away from their families, like my dad, for instance. When he was five or six years old, he was taken by the government. And he just lived right next door over here at... Um, let me show road and the car pulled up and he knew something was going on so he climbed up this tree and the tree had um, thorns on it. It was one of those crowberry trees. He figured that they wouldn't be able to go up there and get him, that he'd be safe. But what they did was they tricked him and they had um, a mother dog with her little puppies in the car and mm -hmm. They um, enticed him to come down, and he was so happy to see those puppies, but they took off with him, and he was gone for like six years. He, he came back when he was 12 or 13. Real handsome young boy. I've seen pictures of him and when he came back to Lummi Day. And he had no, no regrets. But I said, well, why do you think they took you, and why didn't they take you know, the other kids, and he said because um, he was the oldest and they didn't want to have him share any knowledge of language or culture to his um, sibling. And I'd ask um, Uncle Gordon and Auntie Mary and Auntie Violet and Uncle Michael, what was you guys doing when Dad was gone? Uncle Gordon goes, oh, he had three square meals a day. He didn't have to worry about anything. And Auntie Mary said, um, well, I don't know, because we were little, but I do remember pushing a chair up to the stove and cooking. I was like, oh, my gosh. And Auntie Violet, she just 
you know, being herself and you know, she was the second oldest after dad, so she was busy taking care of the kids. But um, I said, well, before you left, Dad, do you remember what they called you as a young boy? Did they speak any language? He goes, oh, yeah, my grandma spoke, my mom spoke. And he said that he, they called him Aitzeham. I said, Aitzeham? I said, you know what that means? And he said, no. I said, it means I, um, that you're a, a good, respected one. I said, I have never heard anybody be called that before. And he would call his great-grandma Chami. And so he knew some of the language. And he said that he got put down the beach one time. I don't know what beach he was at. In a little shack. And they told him that he couldn't, you know, share any of the language. And then the tide come in on them. And so it would scare them so much that they would just not even think about speaking the language or else they are drowned. crazy how they would um, torment them into not sharing and but I'd always ask him questions he goes I don't know how to put my I don't know how to spell it and I don't want to how to put my tongue but this is how I would say it <laughs> and I said well that's the right way you don't need to know how to spell it it, it was just non spelt language it was just a spoken language and then you talk to other people about those people that would wear the um, tape on their mouth, the duct tape. They said that they would wear that tape proudly. Agatha McCluskey was one of them, I think, that wore tape on her mouth all the time because she wouldn't quit talking. Thank heavens, though, because she was one of the ones that um, made sure that the language was still here you know, along with Al Charles and, um, you know, he was Bill James's Buxola. So the people that were able to save the language for us, along with the linguists, you know, that came and did their work with the people in the 60s. Because um, lang language is not an easy language. It's it's kind of a hard language. It doesn't follow all the foreign language rules. Mm -hmm. But it's a fun language, and I think more and more, you know, people are learning the language and being confident. I know I always tell the kids we got to practice, be confident, and be proud. And, you know, if you say it wrong, it's okay. Just, you know, just try to practice. If someone says something to you, don't shrug your shoulders and say, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Just say, ah, ah. <laughs> So at least you can respond back. But there is so many um, 
people that they'd taken away early in the day. But when I was little, I remember going to the clinic that was at the, where the um, old library used to be. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't see over the counter, but I remember going in there. And there was these old ladies that were sitting up against the wall waiting their turn, I suppose. They would be all dressed in a, in a dress and they'd have their bandana on and God, they would just be talking the language. I didn't know what they were saying and I looked at them, I thought they were talking about me. But, you know, it was just um, faded away with them, so I'm so glad that we can you know, work at revitalizing the language. Some of the kids in tribal school, I see them today and they're like, I sure wish I paid attention in your class. I'm like, you too, me, me too, I wish you paid attention. <laughs> but, you know, planting the seed and um, continuing that so they, so they can talk to their kids now, be the voice and ask questions and not be afraid to ask questions. But I, I enjoy the language. I didn't think I'd ever learn it because it was so tough. But like Heishka, I thought, man, I'm never going to get that. I had to write it down in phonetics just so I wouldn't forget it. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is tough. And the sound system has the same vowels as in English, A-E-I-O-U. That's A-A-E-A-U. And when, if you have the T-L sound... Um, that isn't really together in English language. Say tlat 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 and it's um, so funny to hear it because it's not a normal sound that are that you'd hear in English. Mm -hmm. Like for the word for little, it'd be tlat tlat and well, it's a, such a funny sound. <laughs> and Bill would say you could always laugh because it's a new new to you, so we would just get a such a brain headache from laughing so hard, but it's always fun. That is fun. I like how you say, like, that we, I wish I paid attention more, because mm. I wish, you know, we didn't really understand how important it was before, Yeah, now, you know, that it comes out more, we're like, okay, this is important, you know, mm -hmm. these ways that were taught to us are not really our ways. So. Yeah, that's right. And I'm just so like thankful like I'm thankful for you and smack you mm -hmm. and then I was, I was just talking to Auntie Juanita too and she was just saying some of us don't have the tongue you know for speaking those words you know because mm -hmm. not that we're um, just you know because some of us are half white or just another race and you mm -hmm. know, we lose that tongue so yeah it's important for the early learners because we only have a certain amount of brain cells that you can get certain sounds in there. And if you fill it up with English first, then you have to work real hard at um, making those sounds. And I'd tell the kids, you have the hardest job because you're English speakers first, then you gotta say Chlamijasin, then you have to say it in English, then you have to translate it back to Chlamijasin. <laughs> I said, your brain is just working overtime. Yeah. But then it becomes easier after, because then you start thinking in the language. When you start thinking in the language, then your brain is trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And if, um, 
I like I say I don't know too much, but as I speak to you guys more and if I just keep consistent at it, it, it comes back. I'm just yeah. like, what the heck? You know, <laughs> you know I say I didn't pay attention in some yeah. ways. My little me did. So yeah, that's right. I think that's really cool to think about. Yeah. It is. It's, um, <clears throat> it sets us apart from other people, you know, it gives us our own identity of who we are and we can pass that on, makes us us that something else, yeah. as those guys said, you know, on yeah. when they were doing this um, census or whatever. <laughs> that was so funny. I know, <laughs> and, that, and we are something else. Yeah, we got to crack out of it, we need to get mad, or like, oh, uh, something else. Yeah, I that's, like that. you do like it, yeah, <laughs> you're proud to be something else. Yeah. Because our value system and our morals are so different. And, you know, we're so kind, generally kind. And when we live in Western society, you know, they just worry about number one. Mm -hmm. And what we have to do is, you know, worry about each other and <clears throat> make sure everybody's seen and heard and validated. Um, when you heard about the story of your or not your grandpa, your dad being taken, how did that make you feel? Oh gosh, he didn't even tell us till he was really old wow. because it hurt him so much. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't believe, you know, that they were doing that. But they would do it to uh, people all over the United States. Mm -hmm. And I just couldn't believe that it would happen here. Yeah. And even some, I don't know other people's story, but they just don't talk about it. Yeah. And, you know, be, now that most of those elders are gone, mm -hmm. we'll just never know. Yeah, we won't. Mm -hmm. I know. Um, and I just to think about how um, someone just came and took them, you know, without even anybody really knowing. Yeah. Know? It's like, okay, just get in my, not really get in my truth, mm -hmm. but I'm going to take you and you're going to come somewhere else. You know? Yeah, that's right. It's so traumatizing. I can't imagine, you know, my son playing outside and then someone just coming and Coming and nap him. Yep. Heck? And then having to be worried about where he is or where he went. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for six years. Six years he was gone. But he came back stronger, like the salmon, they say, you mm -hmm. know, he's just going to go away for a while and come back. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I that's like what that. I always look at it like that because you do have a um, home and once he got here you know he just did what everybody else was doing you know pretty much surviving and mm -hmm. trying to build on what the people before them were building and so he was in tribal council for 40 years and I think his enrollment number was like 504 or something wow. like that, I know. Jeez. So there wasn't very many people, but, you know, during those days, um, Lummi worked really hard at doing the best they could for their people. Other tribes would look up to Lummi for um, what they were doing for their people. Now we're kind of slacking back, I think. Mm -hmm. And we're one of the biggest tribes in the state. It's over six thousand members, and that's that's a big wow. tribe. Yes. 
Yes. Yeah. On a small little res. Yeah. I was like, the last time I remember we only had like 5,000. Yeah. That's a big jump. It is. Mm. I wanted to start this language program for moms in the, um, the pregnant moms. Oh. And at that time, when I was talking to this lady at the clinic, there mm -hmm. were 51 pregnant moms. And I thought, man, that would be so awesome to get them into a language program so they could learn, teach their baby well before the baby was here. And I would totally love that. Wouldn't I? I talk about something not like that, but I just say I want to teach my next child, you know, mm -hmm. Lummi language. Yeah. I want, I want their first language to be Lummi language and not English. You know. That's right. Because I am. Um, I think I was just talking to. Auntie Juanita and they're talking about the Emerge program to where mm -hmm. you have um, where you, you're only speaking your language from one to five years old and that's all you speak is your language that's right. and then after you will start to learn English and yeah. they said we don't have these programs yet because it costs too much and I'm just like well why should we pay for it anyway because those mm -hmm. are our natural yeah. you know, ways of life you know we're going to just it just blows my mind, mm -hmm. and I, I'm like, that. that's what we should be doing. I think so, too, because that's the age where you don't ask any questions, mm -hmm. you don't, you're not wondering anything other than learning the language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How does it, um, or not, how does that make you feel? Does it make you feel proud that you're um, handing down the teachings of language? I don't. I don't know. I. I don't. I don't think about it like that. Um, it's. Okay. It's more of a um, responsibility, I think. Okay. And. And even if people like the class that I had the other day, mm -hmm. you know, even if they um, appear to be not listening. You know, the, I know that the ears are open, mm -hmm. and I think the first word I taught them was machria, mm -hmm. and they're like, I know that word, <laughs> I can't spell it, they said, but, but I've showed them the spelling, because that word is, um, has a lot of the sounds in it already, mm -hmm. the I and the E and the XW, and if you can say that word, you can just about say all the words, but it's such a special word because that was, you know, your lifeline to your mom. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's it's a good word to start with. And then since it was um, Rock Your Mocks month, I thought I'd teach them the word for shoe, Schleichen. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of a hard <laughs> word to say, but we'll keep reviewing and yeah, keep reviewing and move on. Maybe you can come visit my class up there one day. Yeah, I would love to. Yeah. I would. And I want to, um, I was taking some classes with Smackia, but I really want to just start meeting with someone once a week and just yeah. get that language back into my brain. Mm -hmm. Start remembering it again so I yeah. can teach it to Connor. Yeah, yeah. And I like how you say Muklia because he always kisses my belly button. Oh. He me up. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Belly button? I'm like Muklia. Muklia. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, he goes Muklia. <laughs> I was like, yes. <laughs> I know. 
when my granddaughter comes in, she has she'll be looking around. I'm like, awa 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 awa. Don't we touch nothing? So she does it herself now. Awa awa awa. Yeah. So they get it, and if you if you um, speak to them. They do. Um, Keith um, teaches them a lot of language, and um, he, um, he cracks up every time they go hunting. He'll go smiles. Oh yeah. You go kawatch like elk. Hunting, we'll go hunting, yes. And hunting is um umning. Umning. Yeah, umning. We don't have a dictionary um like the other tribes do, but we have a lot of sounds on file, thousands and thousands of sounds on file. And we're working on a a dictionary. I try to put um, something in the squawk wall. Mm -hmm. has a QR code with a word on it, but there's no sound. I'm not sure how to do the QR code with sound. We should really um, start, I don't know if anybody has started it, but really make a Kwame Trossin app. I know, right? The, you know, can just download the app on mm -hmm. you know, the yeah. whatever phone they get and it'll be easy access for yeah. them to have that you know, language barrier and not mm -hmm. have to go out and find it, you know. That'd be so much fun. We was working with Nintendo a while ago with uh, DS, what was it, DSi? Um, Those little game things? Yeah, I, I don't uh, DSi, or anyway, it's Nintendo company had it and we was working with them and I'm not quite sure what happened, but it fell through. The tribe was going to buy like 25 of those little devices and we went to a training and then we um, had these really nice microphones and these earphones and we was recording and putting them on the micro reader and then we'd stick the micro reader in the, in the bigger reader and put it in the machine because we connected with um, Nintendo so we was able to use their um, software. But I don't know what happened. That was a long time ago. Interesting. But, like, what is that one, um, Rosetta Stone? I heard that they were trying to connect with the tribe, too, in First Voices. Mm -hmm. But we're just not there yet. And I'm not quite sure... Because you don't want to say the wrong thing, yeah. right? And then teach the people the wrong thing. But yeah. but we're moving along, I know, faster than, well, it's kind of slow, but faster than um, we think. I know when there's a resolution that was passed in 1987, I think, and they wanted the language to be back in two generations. We're just about at two generations now. Yeah. I was like, what is a generation? I think it was 40 years. <laughs> like, man, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the AA groups have um, fire starters. I was like, man, wouldn't it be cool to have a, um, nests around the reservation and have those fire starters and mm -hmm. just teach some language, you know. Well, it's it's... It would be more of a institutionalized language rather mm -hmm. than a um, language where you would just 
be out gathering or hunting, you know. I'm speaking at like an, a level, level one, level two, level three, level four. But what goes in those levels, you know, and so it's, we're working on it, but it's just a slow process. Yeah, um, Anita was saying like what you just said, that we had four different classes of Lumi language. Mm -hmm. Like there's class one, class two, class three, or the higher class, the lower class. Mm -hmm. yeah. She was like, at some point, I think we got to, I don't think we literally got to that point there, but there would be even like slave language, you know. And she's yeah, like, um, I don't know what that is. Yeah, she's like, um, I don't want to talk about it too much. Cause <laughs> we, she's like, I don't know too much about it. So I was like. I was like, but that's pretty crazy, you know. I was just saying how, I was like, they're kind of trying to make us t into slaves, you know, to take care of all their labor work, but then we're like, somebody's mm -hmm. like, no, Indian education, Indian knowledge, you know. Mm -hmm. We need all these things so that, you know, I think I was, I forgot who I was just talking to, Suan, I think her name is. Mm -hmm. But she was talking about how, um, they're seeing that the people, the government was getting money for our people, you know, so they're like, why can't we, you know, pretty much get that money and use it for our resources? That's right, yeah. <clears throat> oh, I know. The language is so important because they're, I don't know much about the sleep language, we didn't really learn about that, but, um, and I'm not even sure who the, who the slaves were. But there were family slaves here, but I'm pretty sure they wouldn't say, well, it was our family, <laughs> you know. But it doesn't matter now because we're all much in one tribe. And, but it would be nice to um, be able to just speak freely without having to say, you know, this or that kind of language, it would just be from Jasa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, let me see. I don't know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's hard to... I was like, it's been a long day. So. Yeah, I bet. And if you think of some of the questions, you, you know, you're always welcome to come back. And, yeah. Um, I just wanted to add something about what she speaks about and as I'm reflecting and as I got to listen to her conversation how she talks about the different sounds in the language and how it's related to the English language like A, E, I, O, and U and it's in our language it's A, E, I, O, U you know and um as I think about that and to think about how those things were related to think about back in the day that the English people were writing our language down and not our people. So in every way of our culture it was colonized so that the English people could understand our ways but they wanted to understand it in their ways and not our ways. And the fact that the English language is added to our written language So, they made our language to make sense in their ways and not our ways. We wrote our language so that they could understand it. If we actually got to sit down 
and our ancestors got to write our language. I think these things would make a lot more sense than it is today and how it is hard for some of us to really understand because technically our language was only a spoken language and not a written language. But I am thankful that the language was understood in some ways because if we didn't get them to understand would our language be written down and would have would it have been saved so I think about that and I'm thankful for that but I do wonder why things are hard for us because they are all taught in the English ways I hate calling it the white ways because it makes me sound rude and it makes me sound racist, so I don't want to be offensive. So, I guess the Europe way or the English ways. In my way, I'd say English, but I wanted to say this because we're relating how the vowel sounds sound alike and how they are similar. But because of that, they that's how they understood us. And like I said, our language is not a written language. Just a spoken one. That's how we were supposed to learn since birth. Our language was spoke to us. All day, every day, and not just when we chose to. But that choice got taken from us when colonizers came over. But people like Oxala, Cynthia is here to bring a little of that hope back. The language is back. The culture is back. And I would be so thankful for my child to be able to learn our language. And again, that is up to me. And not anybody else. Also, another thing that I want to add about being a mother... And something that stuck with me through this conversation and how she says mukwia. Mukwia means belly button in our language. And belly button is the connection between the mother and a child. And I'm adding this to this because my son till this day is always connected to my belly button. When he has to go to sleep, he touches my belly button. And you know, the that's the way we were connected before he was here on this earth so as she says how important that word is and if you could say that word you can say any word in our language and she says that mukuya has all the vowel sounds and I just want to say and tell you from experience of how important the belly button is and that what she says is true because every single day my son always has to be in connection with my belly button if it's just being comfort or just going to sleep but I just wanted I just wanted to acknowledge that the things she speaks about are true so Haishka thank you all for listening
Heishka, and thank you all for the support with our podcast episode. Heishka to Aksala Omega Lease, Cynthia Wilson from the Lowy Nation for sitting down and taking the time to tell us her stories of how important the languages and the knowledge and the teachings that were taught today. I took this home with me and thought how crazy it was that our people from the were taken from our families to wipe out the culture. I just can't imagine living back in the day compared to now. And I just want to acknowledge that to the people who were affected by residential schools and to the many families that were also affected and just the many indigenous cultures as well that were affected by this era. I just want you to know that we're listening and that we hear you and that I want to bring awareness to these things and the things that happened to us as indigenous people and that it was wrong and that we only wanted, you know, we only want to be acknowledged for these things. We are very strong as indigenous people to not want revenge on what happened. So I hope people think of that and take it into consideration of how we are as good people. And that we only want acknowledgement from these things. We're not trying to bring up the past and we're not trying to bring up the pain. We only want to bring up the acknowledgement of the lands and all the things around us that you preserve and that you live on acknowledge that they were preserved by indigenous people before you came here so saying to that again we are listening and we hear you and to 215 and the numbers that are still rising today Heishka Heishka to Gene Harry for his music and his powerful words that he had to say to us and also, I want to mention that he's also a residential school survivor as well. And he has his own story that he tells of how he survived through those days. So, Heishka, and thank you for all the good work that was done in this day. Relative who's gone to the happy hunting ground. Said that was a strong prayer song. And he shared it with people, either in mourning and grief. And he says that was a medicine to heal their heart, to fill that empty spot in their heart, put that little blessing and strength in their mind and heart as they say goodbye to a loved one. Oh, I see him. Young and Indigenous is a part of Children of the Setting Sun Productions. Original music produced by Mark Nichols. Young and Indigenous is created by Bella, Santana, Michelle, and Kyla. Original music by Keith Jefferson and Adam Lawrence. One chance. Logo and branding done by Bo Garo. We would like to thank our sponsors. First Nations Development Institute, the Discurrent Foundation, and the North Sound ACH.
And until next time, lay nooks and saw. Share. Bike. Say bike. 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 Are you going to go find your bike? Bike. Bike. The bike. The bike. The bike. Say it. Bike. Bike. Can you say cool pipe? Bike. Bike. Skeeter means kapite. Hello. 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 What was that look for, dude? What was that look for? Always looking at me crazy like I'm a crazy person. Well, sometimes you might be a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> Calendar. Stagaya. <laughs>